Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, February the 7th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we begin year C in the sixth Sunday of Epiphany. And on the Monday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes from this week in the Revised Common Lectionary for this week in the church calendar year. And uh, once again, we're back in a prophetic book. Uh, so we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17. Verses 5 through 10. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 10. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere mortal's flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes, its leaves are always green, it has no worries in a year of drought, and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind, to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. This is a word of God for us. In nearly every calendar year and nearly every student ministry youth group, you have a talk when you want to talk about emotions, right? Because uh, maybe in our this gut reaction, middle schoolers and high schoolers are leaning into their feelings a whole lot more maybe than other people we assume, more than adults we would assume, right? Even though we may not be right on that. But inevitably, it comes here to uh, Jeremiah 17 and it goes to verse 9 which talks about the heart being deceitful above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it, right? It's also uh, a common re- reference for when people say, well, how do I know that I need God? I mean, what if I could just figure it out on my own? Uh, is there a way that I could find the righteous way of life uh, just by experience and by education? Someone says, no, because Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is deceitful and it's beyond cure. So something outside of us needs to cure it right and there's nothing wrong with any of these approaches but it seems like once again we tend to have what Lynn Sweet calls versitis uh, in Protestantism which is we tend to take a verse way out of its context and kind of lift it out and we stitch it with another verse that we take way out of context and we put it with the other ones we like daisy chain uh, these verses these sentences and say see here we go like this is the the framework of the Bible well, we got to keep it back. Once again, the, the, not just this is not a critical thing. This is not an unkind thing. But this is actually the wise thing to do. Is hey, let's keep this, keep these verses. Let's keep these thoughts back in their context. So, what do we have here in Jeremiah? Jeremiah is a prophet to Israel. Israel is prosperous, yet it's wayward at the same time. And so, uh, they don't feel the urgent need. There's no rhetorical edge to listen to critical teaching. Uh, things are going well. And in fact, when Jeremiah stumbles into a room and he says critical things, I imagine people who are just like 
at least halfway open to him say hey man like could you just read the room and calm down like you don't always have to be the buzz killing every party right but jeremiah knew from the very beginning something that god told him as a prescription of his call that uh, he would be called to uh, ultimately to fail but a message needed to be given to israel nonetheless so here is uh, jeremiah he gives this great wisdom call he says don't put your trust in humanity now Jeremiah is not a sadist. He's not saying that humanity is doomed and beyond repair. He's just saying what we see again and again, what is evergreen is that when we lean upon only the wisdom of others, particularly the, the most popular collective wisdom, like the tunnel, the tunnel stuff that we get, uh, the, the echo chambers that we sit in, uh, doesn't seem to be so wise because people don't take chances. They don't stand out from the rest. They don't give minority reports. Uh, and they simply just nod along with what is always commonly said. And so Jeremiah gives an alternate vision that if one trusts in the Lord, they will be like a tree planted by streams. And no matter what season passes by the tree, whether it be drought, uh, whether it be the harsh sun, uh, there is a life source deep beneath that will keep it nourished until a more pleasant season. So we get to verse 9 when it talks about the heart is deceitful above all things and is beyond cure. Who can understand it? But we keep reading. Because verse 10 says this, that I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So on the one hand, Jeremiah is saying this, like if we look at our collective wisdom, it's like, man, like we trust the heart, it is doomed and it will fail us. But yet God's searching the heart and he's examining the mind. And there's a way in which that uh, God can see in hearts and minds that uh, we can actually be rewarded for the things that we do, the things that we think, and the way that in which we take those emotions that we have, and it leads us to proper and well-lit places in the faith, instead of a way into darkness and destruction and ruin. And so here like, is just a complex picture. Now, once again, uh, one of the things that we must address as human beings is how our mind can somehow trick us. What neurologists tell us is that our minds are quick to make patterns so that we can learn easier and faster. But oftentimes, the superpower that we have leads us to see patterns and to see things that quite just are not there. So that's where the wisdom of the Bible says, hey, you gotta, you gotta doubt your gut instincts at times because a heart can see what it wants to see and not what is truly there. But nevertheless, God is a God of transformation. He does want to change our minds and our hearts so that we can over time as we sit under his teaching and learn to embrace his wisdom we can trust our hearts and our minds because god is shaping us i just think this is important that there is this great promise that we can be that tree like the metaphor of this passage as planted by streams of water that always will have its nourishment even in seasons of hardship and how how do we have that that comes through wisdom that comes through the slow process of developing discipline and prayer and study and meditation It's also rooting ourselves in the community that is both affirming and challenging at the same time. And over time, we'll look back, as Dallas Willard once said, we see things and the way God works in our life through hindsight and 2020 vision. We can see that over time, because we gave ourselves these things, we're getting stronger and stronger in our root system deep beneath the surface. So a question to start our week. How's your root system? How's my root system? Is it being nourished by those everlasting streams that will always sustain us? Or is it troubling when we look in the root system? And what changes do we need to make so that we can have a stronger and a deeper faith? So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning.
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are changing us. We thank you that we, what we see in the expanding of the universe, what we see in the changing of the seasons, that you are God of change, that you pull your world forward, that you've got a desired end, and not that it will be a finality, but it'll be a desired destination place. And so you work feverishly to get to that end. You work in us and through us, and we thank you that the work that you start in us and in the world around us, you deem to carry to completion till it's all the way done. We thank you that there's going to be no half-completed projects in the new kingdom. And so, God, we open up our hearts and minds, and we, on the one hand, are we know, and this is a sober reminder, that uh, a heart can deceive us. It can jump to conclusions. It can see what it wants to see and what is not truly there. And so for that, God, we ask for your help so that we won't be marooned to our own thoughts and feelings. But we do thank you that you're the God who searches our hearts and minds and you deem to reward those who align with you. And so we thank you that we get the chance as your people and in your family uh, to do your father, do our father's business and to be about our family's work. And so we vow to do that today. So we pray that you give us your grace, give us your spirit, give us your power to do so, so that we can honor you in all things. God, we love you. Help us to start this week with faithfulness and with passion to do your work. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.